Cold fronts are sweeping through the U.S., but the sports card market is still on fire. Which cards are next to heat up? This week, I've got a quarterback who is desperate for greener pastures, a fantasy football running back favorite whose appetite seems to be cooling off, a polarizing point guard coming off a career high, and a teen phenom who's right at home in icy conditions. And I'm here to tell you which cards to buy, sell, or hold. This is The Forecast. My name is Jeff Wilson. By day, I invest in tech companies. And at night, I invest in sports cards. Join me on my journey to profit from the hobby we all love. Hey, sports card investors. I'm Tyler Nethercott, better known as Teapot. I am filling in for Amber this week, who is recently married and off on her honeymoon. So first of all, a huge congratulations from our sports card investor team to Amber and her husband. She'll be back soon enough, but until then, you're stuck with me. A little bit about myself, I am uh, in charge of our data and operations at Sports Card Investor. That includes our Sports Card Investor app and our Market Movers data platform. If you'd like more information about our Market Movers app, you can head over to sportscardinvestor.com and click on Market Movers in the menu bar. And another great reason to visit our website is that we're hiring. The first position is a digital content producer. The second position is a community manager. And the third position is a UI UX graphic designer. So if any of those three things sound like they're of interest to you, if you've got a passion for sports cards, head over to sportscardinvestor.com and click on jobs and check out those postings. So let's get right into today's episode. I don't know about you, but it feels like we're in a little bit of a lull of sorts this season right now. You know, college basketball doesn't seem to have the hype and momentum that it, that it normally has. The NBA season's kind of hit its midway point where all of the teams seem to be right around 500. There's tons of parity outside of, you know, a few of the teams leading the East and the West. And uh, other sports have obviously stopped. Football's over. Baseball hasn't started yet. There's been some pretty good golf recently, and obviously Champions League is, is you know, heating up for uh, soccer. But overall, it feels like we're right in those doldrums of winter. But in spite of that, there is still a ton of activity happening in the sports card market. Let's just get right into the first pick, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson's cards have actually been going up at a pretty significant rate lately. Watson's obviously demanding a trade. He wants out of Houston. JJ Watts out. You know, DeAndre Hopkins got out last year, luckily. Pretty much that entire team is being dismantled and the remnants of what Bill O'Brien did there are being left behind. So it seems like Watson will probably get his way. Most times these players seem to get their way when they say, look, enough is enough. I'm not going to play. I want out. I kind of mentioned greener pastures because Watson's been rumored to be, you know, say he wants to potentially go to the New York Jets, green, or potentially to the Miami Dolphins. So talk about two different worlds. He either wants to be in the Big Apple up north, or he wants to be in South Beach and, and living a totally different lifestyle there. Either way, you know, nobody's denying Deshaun Watson's talent. Watson last year, in spite of basically having a banged up offensive line, no run game whatsoever, and a receiving core that many people can't even name a single receiver from, he was still able to lead the NFL in, in passing yards with a career high, uh, I think 4,823 yards, over 4,800 yards. So let's go over and look at what's been going on with Deshaun Watson's card charts and take a look and see whether we should be buying, selling, or holding right now. So this first chart that I've pulled up is a chart of Watson's Prism, Optic, and Select Silver and Hollow cards in PSA 10 from his rookie year. And what I've done is I've actually gone ahead and changed this chart to just view only sales to remove the trend lines, and I wanna view this data by month over month. 
And what you can see over the last six months is that Watson's price has actually dipped moving into the NFL season. And it was right back here in October that I was writing in our weekly card picks that we do for our members that I was buying Deshaun Watson. I saw that his prices had dipped. I saw that his performance hadn't. And to me, it was logical to say, this guy's still too young. He's still a phenomenal quarterback. You know, he was voted this, this last season, he ended up being voted the fourth best quarterback overall um, by the Pro Football Network. And so I was looking at these prices saying, look, this isn't gonna stay this way. This isn't the sunset of Watson's career. He isn't injured, knock on wood. And so I said in October that I was buying Deshaun Watson cards. His prices pretty much stayed flat into November, and then they stayed somewhat flat into December. Now you'll notice actually that his select concourse silver went from $194 up to $330 in that two month time frame while those other two cards stayed consistent. So there was some opportunity in those select cards with the pop being super low, you know, to, to make some profit in that time frame. But then what have we seen since then? I actually wrote up in a, in a December pick as well that I was still buying Deshaun Watson. I could see that his prices had stayed flat and I could see that people had kind of taken their eye off of him, you know, as other teams were heating up, as other players were heating up. Everybody was looking at the dumpster fire in Houston and saying, this is no good. And I kind of started to wonder, is Watson gonna want out? They're gonna have to bring in some help. This is not the end of Deshaun Watson's career. And so since then, we've seen Watson's prices go up in January and February. And really, if you look at the price changes by percentage, what you'll see is that it is that select concourse silver card, which is outpacing his prism and optic cards um, in this last six month time frame. So when it comes to Watson, because I said I was buying at this sort of lower point back in October through December, I'm actually at the point personally where I'm pretty much a hold on Watson right now. I do think that if he's traded, his cards will see an increase in value. I just can't be certain that it, the, the deal's actually gonna get done. You know, the Texans have pretty much vehemently stated that they have no desire and no willingness to trade Watson. But then after Matthew Stafford was traded to the Rams, they kind of came out or something leaked out about what the Texans might be demanding in terms of trade value. So time will tell, we'll see. It does seem like these NFL players tend to get their way or they'll force sit outs. Um, but either way, Deshaun Watson is a great long-term investment. He's still very young. He's extremely talented. And Jeff stirred up controversy a few months ago saying that he thought Watson was a top three quarterback. Top three, top five or six, it doesn't really matter. Watson is an incredible talent. And this week I'm holding on Watson as his prices have been going up. Jeff, what do you think about Deshaun Watson? I know you love him. Are you buying, selling, or holding? My friend Tyler, AKA Teapot right there, He's right on the money when he says that what happens with Deshaun Watson's card prices all depends on where he ends up next season. So I just looked up the latest odds of where Deshaun Watson is likely to go according to FanDuel Sportsbook. And as of right now, the most likely scenario is still with him back with the Texans versus any other individual team. So because of that, there's still a pretty good chance that he's going to end up back in that wasteland that is Houston right now. And unfortunately, that's going to negatively affect his card prices. Deshaun Watson's 2017 Prism Rookie Card PSA 10 right now is selling for around $1,200. During the middle of the season, that card was $400. 
it's gone up from $400 all the way up to $1,200 just based upon this speculation of him perhaps going to a better team. If he ends up back with the Texans, that card's going to slide considerably. I wouldn't be surprised if it gets all the way down to close to $400 again. If he ends up with a better team, he'll probably see a short-term spike in the card. But will it be enough? It's all going to depend how he eventually plays with that team. But at the moment, if you bought Deshaun Watson cards, especially during the season, and you're showing a nice profit on them right now, considering the most likely scenario is still him going back to the Texans, I actually think now is the time to sell your Deshaun Watson cards. Okay, next up on our list, another football player and a guy who's been one of the most consistent players in the NFL since he was drafted back in 2016. This guy has been a fantasy football favorite, a top five pick in fantasy football. He led the NFL in rushing yards his rookie season. I am of course talking about Ezekiel Elliott. And Ezekiel Elliott has been a workhorse and you obviously remember all the you know gifts and memes and everything about Zeke out on the field running and just saying, feed me, feed me the rock. And feed him the rock the Cowboys have done. He's carried the ball over 1400 times in the last five years. But this last year, after Zeke finally got his big payday, it seems like his appetite might be dwindling. He just didn't look like himself out there. His performance wasn't as good. And that's obviously a massive red flag for sports card investors when they're thinking about, you know, should I be selling this guy now? Should I be holding? Are things gonna turn around? So let's go over and look at his charts and see what's been going on with Zeke's card prices. Okay, so what I've pulled up here are Ezekiel Elliott's uh, 2016 Optic and Prism rookie cards, his Hollow and his Silver and PSA 10. And you can see these two cards have pretty much followed the same trajectory um, over the last year or so. Back in April, we saw that things were kind of staying flat, flat, flat. And then we saw the summer hype, pretty much everybody all the way into August. And then obviously the NFL season before it started. And then this is just where things kind of fell off in general. After the NFL season kicked off, everybody's card prices started to go down. Uh, we basically saw the hype that led into the season start to fizzle out. And in some ways people were almost redirecting and probably looking to other sports like basketball too and trying to beat that you know, chase before it happened. But then things, the, the wheels just sort of fell off for the Cowboys and Dak got injured and now things have pretty much stabled off, uh, stabilized for Zeke. So what do I think about Zeke? You know, there's something philosophical here when you're thinking about these positional players. And when I'm thinking about a, a running back or a wide receiver, basically anybody outside of the quarterback position, it was just this last year that we started sort of hearing all this hype about Positional players now have a place in the market, you know, a place in the marketplace. Um, running backs, wide receivers, even some defensive players were getting some attention. And the question becomes, is that sustainable? Is that long-term? When you go back and you look at other remarkable running backs, like I'm a big Detroit Lions fan, so Barry Sanders comes to mind, obviously. He's an all-time great. His card prices have been going up a lot lately. Emmett Smith, another all-time great running back. Uh, shout out to Jeff for his Gators. Uh, you know, his card prices have been climbing too. But these are two guys who are on the all-time, you know, top 10 list or top five list. If you go back and look at it, some other players like um, Priest Holmes, the Chiefs are my favorite AFC team. I've been rooting for them for 20 years. Priest Holmes was the reason that I became sort of a secondary Chiefs fan to console my Lions woes. Uh, Priest Holmes was remarkable and actually had one of the best, like, 
four-year runs of any running back in history in terms of production. He was immediately followed by Larry Johnson, another amazing running back. There have been other guys since then, like Arian Foster, Sean Alexander, Chris Johnson, Jamal Charles, another Chiefs running back. These guys were legit, legit running backs. But the one thing that they didn't have was long careers. They didn't have sustained careers. They weren't able to keep it going year over year over year over year. When I'm looking at a guy like Ezekiel Elliott, he seems like his commitment is a little bit wishy-washy. He just got that big contract. I'm selling. I'm just selling. For one, again, I'm not a Buckeyes fan. Uh, I'm a Michigan State Notre Dame fan, so I don't usually buy Buckeyes. I'm not a Cowboys fan. So those two things don't play into my desire to buy Ezekiel Elliott. But beyond that, if I really thought, hey, this is a great investment opportunity, I might still bite the bullet. I'm just not that sold on this guy. So Jeff, Ezekiel Elliott, what's your take? Buy, sell, or hold? The challenge with investing in running backs is if this running back doesn't go on to be an all-time great, there's not gonna be a lot of collector or investor interest around their cards. And within the NFL right now, Ezekiel Elliott is no longer the best back. I feel that Derrick Henry has lapped Ezekiel Elliott as of this point in time in terms of being the much better back. In fact, Derrick Henry's the guy, if you're gonna bet on a running back right now, I would bet on Derrick Henry as being the guy who could go on and have a lot of really long-term value because he could really go on to a real special career. I don't know that Ezekiel Elliott's really even in the top three in the league right now. I mean, I think Dalvin Cook is perhaps a better back than Ezekiel Elliott. And then you got guys like Nick Chubb and Josh Jacobs and Aaron Jones, and now even Jonathan Taylor has come along. So I'm not feeling an investment in Ezekiel Elliott right now. I'd sell. Okay, continuing with our theme of a cold forecast. I've got a polarizing point guard who just came off of a career-high 42 points against the Utah Jazz in a losing effort. He had 12 assists and 9 rebounds to go with those 42 points. He's 6'11", a total matchup nightmare, really, really strong defender. Of course, I'm talking about Ben Simmons, the point guard for the Philadelphia 76ers. The 76ers are having a fantastic season. They're leading the East. Uh, their you know big man Joel Embiid is a front runner for MVP or you know top three MVP candidates so far this year, and when I think about a guy like Ben Simmons, that 42 point performance is almost certainly going to see some price spikes you know in his cards, but it really seems like an anomaly. Prior to that game, and by the way, Joel Embiid sat out that game. Prior to that game, Simmons' high this year was 23 points. He's averaging just 15 points, eight rebounds and eight assists per game. So when I look at Simmons' performance, I'm not particularly impressed. There's a ton of hype around this guy. He's obviously massive, six foot 11. He's taller than Magic Johnson was and he's running point guard. He's taller than LeBron who often plays point guard. He's taller than Luka Doncic. He's massive. He's basically a power forward center out there playing point guard. And you get it, you see the flashes, but the guy still can't shoot. Every year, we see some video emerge in the offseason of Ben Simmons in a practice gym, knocking down one or two threes in a row, and the whole Twitter sphere, social media world loses their mind and says, this is the year Ben Simmons is going to emerge. He's going to emerge as the guy in the NBA. He's going to break out. And, you know, his card prices go up and everybody gets all excited. And then what happens? His performance basically stays the same. 
So let's go over and look at Ben Simmons compared to other players of his ilk or of his draft status around 2016, 2017. So what I've done is I've run a chart here of Ben Simmons, Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Brandon Ingram. If we scroll down, one thing I really like to do is just sort the stats table down here in Market Movers from greatest to least. But right now, what am I doing with Ben Simmons? What do I think about his card prices and what's gonna happen? Right now on Ben Simmons, I'm a hold, maybe even a buy, but I would mostly say a hold. I'm, I'm not particularly interested in investing more money into him. I'd rather buy Brandon Ingram and wait. I think he's the guy that has the potential to drop 50 or even 60 points on a given night, especially as his career advances. I don't see Ben Simmons ever doing that. His 42 points, you know, the other day was a complete, complete anomaly. Almost all or all of those points came in the paint. That's not going to happen regularly. So when I'm looking at this list, I'm saying I'd rather buy Brandon Ingram or, you know, maybe even just buy into one of these guys who I believe in even more rather than invest in Simmons. The reason I'm holding and not selling is I think that Ben Simmons is still going to continue to get hype over the next year or two. And his career is far from over. Four years into the NBA, five years into the NBA, that's, you know, in many ways, that's just the start of your career and when things can really start to take off. But all of that being said, I'm just much higher on these other players. I think that the market as a whole could see Simmons in a favorable light as we head toward the playoffs, especially if Philadelphia maintains their first place, you know, ranking in the Eastern Conference. So right now, I'm a hold on Simmons. Jeff, what do you think about Ben Simmons? Are you high on him? Are you buying, selling, or holding? Ben Simmons was the hottest player in the hobby, it seemed like a year ago. And a lot of the shine has worn off. People were crazy about investing in Ben Simmons cards. I remember being at the National in 2019 and people were like running all around the showroom floor trying to buy up Ben Simmons cards. He was like one of the hot players uh, as of that point in time. But a lot of that shine has worn off. In my opinion, too much of that shine has worn off because the truth is that Philadelphia is playing right now like they're the best team in the East. They're doing really well. And just the other night, Ben Simmons had a 40 plus point game. So he shows that he can put up some production from time to time. I really like Philadelphia's chances of making some real noise in the playoffs this year. I think they've recovered from a lot of their ills a year ago. I think both, both Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are guys who are going to benefit from a strong second half of the season and a strong playoff run. And Ben Simmons card prices are really inexpensive considering the low population count of his 2016 rookie cards. I'm a buy on Ben Simmons right now. Okay, last on our list is a 19-year-old left-wing phenom out of Quebec. He is right at home in the cold. He was the first overall draft pick in the 2020 NHL draft, and I am talking about Alexi Lafreniere. Now, I love foreign names. Half the time, I don't have any clue to how, how to pronounce them, especially in hockey. You got the Scandinavian, the Eastern European names. But I did take some French in my life, and I can tell you it is La Frenière. La Frenière. Everybody should remember that because this guy's name is probably going to be big in years to come. So, who is Alexis La Frenière? He dominated in the Quebec men's uh, juniors. He had 112 points in 56 games. That's absurd and amazing. 
Uh, he won a gold medal at, uh, with the Canadian national team at the Hockey World Junior Championships. He won the MVP of that tournament. And um, so far, it's been slow for Lafreniere. He had his Young Guns card released in Series 1 Upper Deck this year, uh, but he's only scored one goal in his first 13 games. It was a goal in overtime, um, but it's been a little bit of a slow, you know, slow start for Lafreniere. But in general, most people are saying, look, this guy's 19 years old. He's adjusting to the pace of the league. It's going to come for him. He looks he looks like the guy out there when he's skating in the way that he moves. He's got the potential. So let's go over and look and see what's happened with that young gun card since it since it debuted a few months ago. So, of course, Lafreniere's, you know, card came out hot. It was up here, you know, when it first debuted, up over, you know, $280. And of course, it cooled down. You expect that. So, if you're looking since November, his performance not being particularly strong has actually led to a decrease, a deflation in his prices, and he's down around $145, $150. So when I'm thinking about a guy like him, like I'm not the world's biggest you know, hockey follower. I follow the league, I've done fantasy hockey. I know an okay number of players, but hockey is not my first sport to follow. So when I'm looking at this chart, I wanna kind of think, think outside the box or think bigger. Is it worth buying into the hype on a guy like this? on a first overall pick who's already expensive, you know, before he's even done anything. So I came over here and I looked at some of those big names in the more recent years to see what's going on with their card prices. And you have Sidney Crosby, who was one of Lafreniere's idols growing up. He and uh, the other player was Patrick Kane. He really looked up to both of these guys. And you can see that, you know, they their card prices command a premium. Crosby's number one on the list, and probably and definitely rightly so. He's got the most impressive career so far. Relatively low population here at 751 in the PSA 10. And then next on the list is McDavid, who's sort of like, again, the next guy up. But you see the pop count higher, and he's still got a long ways to go to catch up to Crosby in terms of overall career performance, and especially in terms of titles. So when I'm looking at this, with Lafreniere's prices having kind of come down and stabilized, and then I look at a guy like Austin Matthews, and I look at a guy like Nathan McKinnon, and I think about the fact that Lafreniere's you know, population is still very low, which means these PSA 10s are gonna be pretty inflated. This one's actually up around 850, which is sort of an absurd multiplier, really. I would expect this to sort of level off closer to you know, four, four and a half X of what that raw card was. I think Lafreniere is actually a buy right now. If you're inclined to invest in some hockey, you're inclined to, you know, um, sort of, you know, put some money over into into hockey, which seems to be growing actually quite a bit. Then I'd be looking at Lafreniere as a really solid option. There are obviously other options too, but if you want to get into the rookie chase game, this is the guy to do it with from this class. You could buy some sealed wax and see if you can hit one. But actually, these are pretty tough to hit. You got to open a lot of packs to get a Lafreniere. It's not like opening basketball prism and you know getting a Zion in one every four blaster boxes or whatever. So I am a buy on Alexi Lafreniere. Now, Jeff, say it with me here. Lafreniere, Lafreniere, are you a buy, a sell, or a hold on Alexi? So he snuck a little hockey talk into this show I see today. And why not? Hockey cards have absolutely been hot. But I am not gonna sit here and tell you that I can accurately predict what is gonna happen with Alexis Lafreniere's card prices I just don't know. But what I do know is that if you're gonna buy his card prices, you've gotta treat it as a speculative 
risky investment. The same way that it would be speculative to invest in Wander Franco or Jason Domingos in baseball, or even LaMelo Ball in basketball, even though he's been showing us quite a bit this season, or even Joe Burrow in football. You know, he showed us quite a bit, but we don't know what he's really gonna be like after his knee injury. And even if we do know that he's gonna come back from that strong, we don't really know that he's gonna go on and have a stellar career, even though he showed some great signs during his rookie year, right? And that's where we are with this guy as well, right? We just, we don't know these young players, these first year players, these top draft picks, the direction their career can go. So my question for you is what type of sports card investor are you? Do you like to have some risk in your portfolio? Do you like to chase the speculative investment, but understand the risk that this player could not pan out at all? And you could be holding a bunch of Alexis Lafreniere's cards in a few years going, man, these things are, are worthless commons. That's possible, right? Of course, on the other side, maybe this guy goes on to live up to all of the hype and the expectation and goes on to a stellar career and you make a ton of money investing early in Alexis Lafreniere. I don't know. So I'm gonna go ahead and check buy, sell and hold because it is all up to you and your risk uh, tolerance because that's where we are. How risky and how much upside do you want on the sports cards you're buying? Okay, well, hey, that does it for this week's edition of The Forecast. I hope you enjoyed this. This is my first time doing uh, a show like this. I know I'm no Amber and I'm no Lafreniere, but um, there's some big things coming up. We've got the NBA trade deadline fast approaching. My guy Andre Drummond rumored to be moved. Uh, Blake Griffin, you know, rumored to be moved from my Pistons. We've got the all-star break coming. Things are starting to heat up. And before we know it, the weather will be getting warmer and this modern sports card market will also be getting warmer. Do you agree with that? Do you agree with the things that I've said today or that Jeff said today? Let us know down in the comments. And if you would, please like this video, subscribe to our channel, hit that little bell icon. And until the next time, happy investing.